Good afternoon. You're listening to Local Media This Week on Scariff Bay Community Radio. You're very welcome to our Sunday afternoon slot. Uh, where we look at the local papers here in County Clare, the local print media. We're great supporters of local print media here in County Clare, particularly the Clare Champion and the Clare Echo. It's very important that we support them, and it's where we find out uh, what's going on. Uh, Our panel today is slightly different. Um, We have uh, Pat O'Brien. Pat, you're very welcome. Uh, Thanks, Jim. Now, we have no John S. and we have no David Fleming, so delighted to welcome, uh, springing off the bench, <laughs> is Carol McNamara in the All Boys Club. <laughs> Just to, to be here alone, I mean, what an honour to be here. Thank you for asking me, Jim. I'm hoping I'm some kind of super sub and might be, you know, asked again. Oh, go genius. <laughs> You're put, certainly putting your cards on the table, Carol. A more regular substitute, I suppose, is also with us today, and that's Mr. Fleming. Yeah. Uh, Carol is more than welcome to take my place on the bench. Now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the bench is rather cold today. Anyway, yeah. Luke, you're yeah. very welcome. Looking at the, the papers today, I suppose we'll start at the front page like we usually do. And uh, the front page of the Clare Champion, there's a story there uh, by Owen Ryan. Uh, staff exodus looming for CAMS survey fines and and I suppose it's one of those things that uh, you know our health service is under pressure in a lot of areas and particularly with with mental health uh, I know from my own experience when I was in school that uh, the the delays and the length of of waiting Carol has, you know, was was just unacceptable. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't seem to be getting any better. No, it doesn't. This is very worrying. I mean, what the the story is actually about a survey that was commissioned by the CAMS staff themselves, uh, not officially, uh, if you like, organised by the HSC. So they're kind of standing back from the from the findings of it, but it's a very damning uh, survey, presuming that people, you know, employees answer honestly, and I'm sure they do. It it just seems that the people who are working within the CAM service are incredibly frustrated um, by the lack of support and the lack of change that's, you know, they're talking about this for a long time. And it's really very worrying, as you referred to school and waiting if um, if a child re- requires a an appointment. The children that they see in camps is really important. The ones that do, are, are fortunate enough to be seen are at the very, very, you know, severe end, if you like, of mental health issues. Some of them with suicidal, a lot of them with suicidal ideation and with self-harming, you know, that, that kind of thing. Mm. So the fact that they very often cannot, I think they, they say here in the champion, that there was the lack of clinical space mm. is having very real consequences for those children. In March 2023, just a couple of months ago, on nine occasions, no appointment was offered by a clinician due to the non-availability of a clinical room. Like, that's just disgraceful. Yeah. The idea that yeah. there is... 
a clinician or somebody available, an appointment has been given and there just isn't anywhere to put that child mm. And, mm. and have a safe space. I mean, that's just appalling. Yeah. Yeah. No excuse for that. Yeah. And there's no excuse for it, really. No, no. no. Mm. You would uh, think that's quite an e- easy fix in terms yeah. of finding a space, fix, at yeah. least. Yeah, just mm. as you, I saw the document explained that Limerick Hems had more than twice as many rooms available for referrals as clear even when the greater demands posed by Limerick larger population is considered. It found in, 19, in 2022 that Limerick Cam's teams accepted referrals from 680 uh, young people and had 22 bookable rooms to facilitate the necessary assessment. An intervention of those children and families declared teams accepted 412 referrals in 2022 with only five rooms to carry out necessary assessments and interventions. So yeah. there were only five rooms to do in Clare and they had 22 in Limerick. Yeah. So there's something wrong there, really. Oh, yeah. yeah. There, there absolutely is. And Irrespective I of, the, of, the, of the population, you know? Yeah. And I suppose the knock-on thing with, uh, with these type of surveys is that, you know, and, you know, it's, it's kind of endemic within the, within the health service, is the lack of morale and how low morale is amongst staff and and I, I forget the stat there is it something like 80% of people said that they would be prepared to move on um, and get another um, the survey found that 94% of staff felt that their own mental health had suffered due to the due to um, the working conditions and you know 81% um, of respondents strongly disagreed that they were supported by management and so many of these have said that they would leave and are actively looking for other jobs. Yes. And imagine when you have set up a service, you have researched it, you know the need is there, and you found the right people. Like that in itself, when you think about how slow recruitment is within the HSE, like and how long it takes to get people in place. But if they're not going to stay because there's mm. so much, uh, the, the, the working conditions mm. are so poor and they're professionally being compromised because they can't, the practitioners can't deliver the service that they want to, they, mm. that they need to deliver. And I suppose it's not the only part of the health service that those exact problems exist, Carol. Yeah. No, it's not. I'm, I'm just thinking, thinking back to, to my days in school, uh, mostly parents with you know with the child with mental difficulties or or physical difficulty with any sort of of difficulty they spend their lives fighting the system i mean like to to have a child with difficulties is is stressful enough but to have to fight your way Mm. through every barrier that's put in front of you um, I mean that that is so unfair, yeah. and it, it has been that way for yeah. such a long time. And Claire has been, you know, on the back foot with mental health services for children for so long. Mm-hmm. And that when you was this was established, a team was established, the resources were put in place. Mm-hmm. But there is something radically wrong, you know. And it's not good enough that there'll be a turn of that they're going to have to rely on agency staff. You know, teams don't work well when you keep on having to replace the personnel. You know that. Yeah. It, for can we, just, just I read this here. You know, on, on 18 occasions, an appointment was postponed yeah. to a later day, day time due to lack of clinical room available. 
on seven occasions shop-dog appointments were provided by the cl- clinicians due to lack of clinical space. Now, that's crazy. Like, so that's mm, that's like why can't they rent out more rooms for, for those people? Yeah, I don't, I don't so just, just, but I, I remember back over 20 years ago, and not specifically CAMS, but the, the concept of special needs assistant was introduced. Yes. And I think it took the Department of Education by surprise the need for special needs assistance and a lot of special needs assistance were appointed yeah. and that's maybe about 22 or 3 years ago and then they've spent the last 20 years well certainly up to 20 years in my experience trying to cut back yeah. trying to close the criteria so that fewer would have to be appointed or so that more children would lose their special yeah, needs assistant yeah. you know and most teachers and principals are are trying to trying to emphasise to the department the need and the benefits by having these supports in school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But all it's going to take is one child who hasn't got the service that they require. The parents are, you know, as you say, in the same way as with special needs, you know, not supported. And if that child goes on, there'll be a big hoo-ha if a child, a young person, goes on to commit suicide. Mm. And that'll be all over the champion, it'll be all over the papers totally, and everything. Yeah. But that is because the services, you know, an awful lot of parasuicides, like they can be prevented. Mm. You know, it's, 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 it's evidenced. And it just seems so sad that you have got experts in place mm. who are so unhappy and that is the essence of the story they are so unhappy about the service that they are mm. being their hands are tied to provide a good service you know but are all those those people in the in department uh, in, in the department of health and all those places have they all kind of feared uh, into to to maybe not spend money or not not do what they should do because no, I, I don't George O'Fee the other day I don't know where he listened to about the, about the handicapped people and this lady and she was very handicapped and she wanted the care and she wanted the, the special needs for, you know the you, you know the way you, you can get the, the care adapted yes and all that kind of stuff but she was brought up from Waterford up to Dublin and she's been five minutes inside with the fellow and she presented all her, her medical all her medical stuff and they, they didn't want they didn't look at it. And they, some fella brought her out and brought her walking up and down to check her aside by a barrier, checking her. You know, and then they decided she, she didn't need that. She, she wasn't going to get the care. Yeah. Mm. You know, and uh, yeah. they, they, they seem to, put, to be trying to put... You swear that there's only the one pocket of money that's coming here. I don't the, even the, think the it's... Always, uh, yeah, uh, uh, it's not always about money either. I think it is actually about not listening. Yeah. I think there's, a, yeah, there's an is, intrinsic yeah, yeah. problem yeah. with people that... And I'm sure that, that could be across other services, perhaps... The, I don't know, other services, other public services, yeah, not yeah. just within the health service. Maybe, mm. you know, people are not being asked yeah, yeah. their feedback you know the, the comment from the HSE was we didn't commission this we don't know we, we strive to support the staff mm-hmm. you know yeah, yeah, yeah. like mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a mission statement that gobbledygook is, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, but nobody's much. listening to the people at the coal face which mm-hmm. is quite serious uh, well, and the problem in, the, in those instances has to be at the top because yeah, of course it is. you know direction leadership everything comes from the top yeah. and if, if it's not at the top then the top should should or if it's not down along the line it's the business of people at the top yeah. to make sure that the culture changes yeah. yeah well sure you don't need to be a rocket scientist to figure it out jim the people a lot of the people at the top obviously aren't capable of doing the job that they're in position for 
because if they were, you'd have a service that was running smoothly. Mm. It can mm. be done in private business. So, you know, it, it, mm. not everything is going to run as smoothly as you want all the time. But in general, you look at those stats there. Rooms of it. Five, five rooms? Five rooms, yeah. That's... That's a disgrace. Yeah, it is. That's yeah. a, that's, that, that is absolute, absolutely disgraceful. And, of course, they're not going to sort of uh, listen to a survey that, you know, the, the people working there commission mm. themselves because it's bad news. Mm. That they wouldn't be able to promote it as good news for themselves. You know, be able to clap themselves on the back if they spent a bit more time sort of trying to solve the problems. Mm. You know, but you have that problem. And it, it's in all walks of the public sector, in my opinion. You have people that are promoted... Uh, they may start off in an area of speciality and they get promoted and they're moved out of their area of speciality into something that they have no knowledge of. So it's like you're rewarding people by promoting them, but you're putting them into a situation where they don't have the yeah, capability skills, yeah, yeah. or the skill set to deal with. We also don't have any concept, uh, Luke, of retention and the importance of retention. It's a very... I know I worked in as a nurse in New York and on the first day that you started that you met the retention officer. You know, the HR, there was a, there was a, de there was a designated person. Because they'd learned the lesson, they couldn't keep staff. Mm -hmm. So there was, you know, uh, there was a lot of listening to the staff. And I feel that that's something that's really lacking in, a, in, 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 in our own mm -hmm. health service here. Nobody mm -hmm. is listening. Nobody's saying, because maybe, you know, the idea is, well, we can go out to Delhi again, or we can go out to wherever we need to recruit in the Philippines or wherever, because our own nurses and doctors are leaving to go to Australia for better, you know. So what's happening is there's no concept of trying to keep the people. Yeah, We've yeah. invested in education and training and as psychologists, mm. as nurses, as doctors, trying to keep them here because we don't have that concept of retention. Mm. We do recruitment. We don't do retention. Well, if you, if you look at it, we seem to do uh, training well. But that's basically it. We're an exporter. I said, yeah. wh where are the majority of, we'll say, national school teachers, secondary school teachers, doctors, nurses? They're nowhere near the uh, island of Ireland. There's sort of a lot more down under or, you know, uh, mm. we say over, over America, Canada side. Yeah. Like you, you, yeah. you look at the number of people, Jim, that from East Clare that are either in Australia, Canada or... Uh, we say the States or, you know, New Zealand, yeah. that area, hmm. from the age of about 21 to probably 35. Shocking. Mm. Well, the, la the lads, funny, were, were doing doing the sports program, which went out yesterday, and they were looking at the upcoming county championships, and they listed out a load of clubs all around East Clare, yeah. Whitegate, the Mills, I mm. think, Six Mile Bridge, who have lost players this year yeah. because they decided to emigrate. I mean, it is a huge issue right across the board. Mm -hmm. But um, anyway, yes, listen, we'll, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll go on. Uh, front page of the Clare Echo, uh, and the, the headline is, Put Air Security Base in Shannon. Now, I don't know how the, the strength of our uh, air corps or how well, we are. About five planes, uh, Jim. But, and they would certainly fit in Shannon. 
Um, yeah, but I suppose, uh, and they don't look anything like the one that's uh, either in the Echo or on page eight of the declared declared yeah, champion. champion. Mm. Uh, there's an article there. Um, you know, you refer to the uh, the Echo. I think Porrick has that uh, on page eight of the champion brigadier <coughs> general Jerry Heron, who is a retired uh, and lieutenant colonel Jim Linnett's Air Corps pilot, retired. Um, there. There's lots of uh, issues in relation to this. And we'll say on Thursday you had the issues when the Taoiseach was sort of shouted down at, or sorry, uh, Michal Martin, I should say, was shouted down at an event down in Cork in relation to, you know, this whole thing with sort of neutrality. And there's a, if you look at this, the whole social media side of things online, they seem to think that that, sort of is a whole charade basically to get us to sort of literally try and sign up for NATO. No, it may or it may not be. I, I, I don't know. But um, you, you look at it and if you're look, going to look at it uh, from the point of view of uh, statistics and uh, money, which is probably where the bottom line is, go, is going to uh, mm-hmm. work out, um, we've been sort of, um, you know, dealing with American troops going through Shannon for the last sort of 20 or 30 years. Um, there is um, a search and rescue helicopter based in Shannon. I don't think it would be a huge stretch to say that you could base yeah. some equipment in Shannon. Uh, your man here, sorry, uh, sorry uh, the, the, the fellow here, uh, he's, he, uh, an initial outlay of 350 million and an annual operation cost of 20 million would be needed for Ireland to have this sovereign ca- ca- capability. Did you outline, I believe there is support for it, in the, re- in the reason that we are doing this is to say that it's not outside the reach of Ireland economically and relatively speaking, it's peanuts, I haven't told the clerical. Stationing sovereign air assets at Shannon would serve, lift the confidence of the EU and international allies they maintained. It would increase the use of and prestige of Shannon Airport by, um, by a multiplier of military equipment <coughs> to the region. This ripple effect economic benefits. Proving staffing air policing, Shannon would require 200 air corps personnel of mixed qualification skill nets. When families are added to this workforce, it could reach as many as 1,000 people. Yeah, but if if you look past at the navy, right? We were currently a navy that can barely um, man three ships. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, and you look at we're an island, and they have huge retention issues in the navy. Yeah, they have yeah. huge retention issues in the air corps yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you look at we say in Bally Green, what do they cover? Transatlantic yeah. Yeah. airspace. Yeah. Airspace. Yeah. It's like eighty percent of Europe's uh, yeah. airspace is, is, uh, yeah. is covered yeah. in, in, uh, in traffic on Ireland. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So there's probably you, you know a little bit like an adult grown-up conversation needs to take place in relation to it. No, you can talk about neutrality and all the rest of it all you want. I don't think this is necessarily anything to do with neutrality, right? Because you can have that argument, you know, you can have that argument another another day. You're talking about potentially basing some, uh, and you'd be sort of equipping them. I think would be the the best yeah. way to sort of describe mm-hmm. it. Shannon Airport is tec- technically a 24-hour cover station, so the, the airport is there, the runways are there. It's not as if you're sort of you know uh, landing into a greenfield site and building all of this. Yeah. A lot of the capabilities are there already. Uh, mm. The only thing is, with with three ships, 
or whatever it is, and mm. with half a dozen planes, we're not capable of defending ourselves. Mm. You know, and we've never... I mean, the, you, you mentioned the whole debate about neutrality. You know, have we decided that we're not going to join NATO, therefore Putin or some other similar individual, you know, is going to think we're good boys and isn't going to invade us? But look at, look at the situation, Jim, last year when you had the Russian ships off our waters. Yeah. Uh, you know, and they reckoned that they were looking at, uh, you know, underground cables. What, what were we doing about it? You were sort of relying on sort of our EU neighbours to sort of come and down and, and, and have a look. And they in their fishing boats. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I you know? don't understand why the, why the, why, why, why are we an ambassador, uh, why are we a, um, a Russian ambassador? Why weren't he brought into the Department of Foreign Affairs and asked these questions? I don't know if he's probably going to tell lies anyway, but at least he should have been brought in and, and put over the coals over but are we being honest or, you know, are we not being a bit two-faced in that we, we have no way of defending ourselves realistically um, and yet we're not contributing to defence of EU or defence of Europe generally? I, you know, I think it's a question we have to ask ourselves um, where, you know, we are depending on the US and Britain and France and whoever to defend us in the event of any attack that we get. The, the function, just to go back to the function of what these planes would do, okay, just so that I'm, I'm, I'm clear about that. So they would be scrambled in, a, in an event of there being a terrorist attack or something. Is that the point, that they would... Yeah, I suppose where, where the state got attacked in any way. But it may not be just the state, it might be somebody passing over our airspace. Yeah, I think you could have an example, Carol, if if a plane was maybe under threat or it was considered to be hijacked or that, mm -hmm. you know, someone rogue had taken it over and to be a case like, you know, where, you know, you see the Yanks, they get the military planes out and right, lads, you're landing down there. That's that type of thing, mm -hmm. you know, but we're, we're, we're very open. I don't um, think I think that's a different argument from neutrality. To be honest, I think yeah, oh, I, I, I agree. I agree totally. Yeah, mm. yeah. It, but it's a little bit like um, if if we were where the UK is, and you look at the amount of migrants that are coming over from France, uh, I think the country would be overran because there would be no capability whatsoever to uh, deal with it. You know, the English have their way of trying to deal with it, but we wouldn't even have that. Three boats that we can't man yeah. half the time, mm. and one of them, I think, is going down uh, the Mediterranean. Yeah, so. Down, mm. down, down to uh, Malta and down around there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I just said here, they added, Ireland is the only country on Europe's western Atlantic frontier not possessing military, primary military radar and, and QRA capabilities. This is a worrying gap in Western European airspace, monitoring and air, and air security on England's, on Europe's western flank. Norway, United Kingdom, France, Spain, Portugal and even Iceland possess sizable air policing capabilities with military radar and quick reaction aircraft. So even Iceland have, have, have and, and we, have, we, we don't have any. I suppose air policing is the word there, though. It's, you know, it's the function of the, of, of police. You know, policing is different than... Uh, than military. Yes, mm. in the, I know it's under the auspices of them, obviously. But I, I, I suppose to do it, it's generally a military branch, but, like, yeah. we have an army, we have an air corps, so to start to say to give them a bit of money and staff yeah. and put them down in mm. uh, Shannon. 
it sort of makes sense. Even outside of for the way we we put NATO or not, I think it's a it's a it's it's something that should be that we should have anyway. You know. Okay, we'll go on. Uh, we lost Brother Sean McNamara, Pat, this week. Yeah. Uh, a man very much associated, I suppose, with with GA and with Michael Cusack in particular. Yeah. He he he. Um, yeah, he, he passed away during the week there. Too. Um, he will know him for he's um he's a Gaelic uh, support and 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 Michael Cusack and all that. Um, there's a, a headline here: Tribute paid to inspirational brother Sean McNamara. Uh, and Tony Mulvey has the story. Uh, since his date on Saturday last, many tributes have been paid to brother Sean McNamara, who has been one of County Clare's finest ambassadors for many years. Popular and widely known, he was a native of Kenmore McMahon, and was a f- and was a few months short of his 96 birthday. Fluent Irish speaker, brother Sean had interests that ranged from GE, Irish language, music. Flora, uh, flora and fauna of the modern photography and electronics. He was highly respected and welcomed everywhere he went. Mourners attending his funeral mass in Innes Cathedral on Tuesday were told that Brother Sean was an inspiration and a, sy- a symbol of dedication and above all, a true friend to So he produced uh, numerous publications as well, Jim. He, he, remember, he remembered for his interest in G and its founder, Michael Cusick, he wrote extensively and the man from Cairn. He also published a 96-page book, The Man from Cairn, in recent years. He provided, he provided controversy when he claimed that GA was founded in Cusick's home in Gallimore Place, Dublin. Now the, the Delgrave Hotel, rather than Hayes' Hotel in Tullus. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the tip lads might <clears throat> quibble with that. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I think I think what was... Uh, I had kind of been following it on social media. There was a lot of comments up. I had I had heard of him. I knew he had, especially an interest in uh, in the GAA, and, and was obviously an Irish a Gaelgor. But um, there's a lovely comment on the Clare Champion on on page uh, four of the news, and uh, it said um, there was one term when he had ninety students in his class. Father Ryan recalled ninety students, all happy and content, and he was equally happy. That was the type of man he was, and I just think, you know, they were my God, they were different days when class sizes. I mean, teachers be given out about that, but you know, and they would be ninety boys because it was CBS, it was a boys' school, and not saying that ninety girls would have been any better, but ninety boys, it's, you, you can imagine, it would have been a difficult challenge. It, it would have been a challenge. And in fairness, you know, being a Christian brother wasn't always the most popular career choice. And there's been a lot talked about it. But people seem to be very, very fond of this man. And he was very diverse. You know, he wrote for the Monaghan, for some newspaper in Monaghan. And uh, he wrote a gardening column, you know. So he had, he lived, you know, and said, a life well lived, you know. Sounded like a fabulous man. He wrote for the County Express as well, that that closed down last year. He wrote uh, every month. I suppose sometimes, you know, you have somebody whose personality exudes or attracts, you know, people to like them and to, and, and, and that in itself is the best discipline that you can have yeah. if people just say I couldn't be misbehave in his class or mm-hmm. in our class yeah. but, uh, okay uh, I suppose we're we're heading towards um, half time 
common the Munskull, just looking at the Clare Champion there and the living section, and the first seven pages of the living section is to do with common the Munskull. And, you know, whether you're a GA supporter or not, but the, the primary schools, you know, and the competition and the, in hurling and in Camogie and in Gaelic football that, that the primary schools generate just brings out, uh, I think, the best in, in everybody through the year. And the finals were held last week in Ennis and Owen Brennan reports extensively there on a seven-page uh, pull-out pad. Yeah, yeah, it's a marvellous mar mar shipment. It's great to see all the, the, the photographs of the teams and, and the players and, the, and, and especially those sorts of the games and the, a write-up on all the matches. And... Um, uh, it's just it's marvellous of the, the, all the children will be looking forward to, to that every year and uh, you know it's, it's great and Gale School we heard he told won Division 1 hurling and uh, and uh, Camogie as well yes so yeah. and, and I suppose maybe it's just fitting when Brother Sean at the mirror the week he died and he was a yeah. great Michael Cusick man that the, the school in the NSA uh, called after Michael Cusick, Cusick won the won both the hurling and, yeah. the, and, the, and the Camogie yeah. In Division One, and you you um, you had winners from all around these players, Jim. You had um, yeah, your own the Mills were yeah, were victorious. So they had the Camogie, yeah, they won the they won Division Two Camogie, and uh, Scarif won um, in Gold Hungry Scarif Bridge Thirty Five Year Gap, and um, uh, uh, it was, uh, it was more, uh, yeah, Killaloo, 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 yeah, but I turned brainy, but defeated by Clun Money, they they lost out to Clun Money, uh, Killaloo. Killaloo uh, as well. Um, Beach Whitegate, I think. Yeah, Beach Whitegate, Mount Shannon Whitegate, and Flag Mount Romadura. Yes. And Fetal won uh, Camogie as well, Division 5 Camogie final. So, mm -hmm. And then you heard, uh, you heard the football as well, Jim, on the, uh, uh, in it as well. So you've the, mo most of the West Clare teams have been the, yes. the winners in the football, which is marvellous to see it, and it's great to see the, well, I, I the teams on, on, on it as well. You know, and I mean, I think as well of the various teams who didn't make the final, who went, yeah. who took who, part who early yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, uh, you know, I think the, the huge positive influence that it has where a group of pupils go out to represent their school and their village or their parish you know let them win or not win yeah, but yeah. It, it causes it brings it puts a great bond between them within the school and within the class yeah. and is good for their overall Absolutely. attitude to school and attitude to community it's a real feel good factor yeah. it's feel good for grannies and granddads and it is <coughs> and siblings and everything yeah. and, it's and, so and representing the school as well as well representing the jersey and all that mm. exactly but yeah. it, I, just to say just finish up on that to say that this was actually the editorial of the of the uh, Clare Champion yeah, yeah. was about the rite of passage for Clare children. So, yeah. I mean, you know, the champion considered that significant yeah. enough just to, to put that in its editorial. editorial. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, just, I suppose, uh, very quickly before we come to the break, because it's it's tied really to our two previous things. Uh, Colin Collins retired uh, as after what I think nine years of of uh, managing the. Clare senior football team and, and by all accounts it was a hugely successful tenure in office I would say yeah so um, drawing tributes have been paid across the, the football divide to Colin Collins after he called time on his tenure um, season stint as manager of the Clare senior footballers Kilmahill native was appointed Clare manager in September 2013 and he was the longest serving the county manager in the game 
at, at the time of his resignation. During his stewardship, he led clear to a promotion from the bottom tier of the Alliance uh, National Football League to Division Two, where they kept their status for seven years. Um, Colin also was uh, the first manager to guide Clare to appearances in the Alliance even of Football Championship quarterfinals, reaching the, that stage in 2016 and 2022 when they came up short against Kerry and Derry. Yeah, they, they all, he got great praise during the week there, from even from the players who who. who who said he was a great uh, players man, you know, and um, and he was tough as well. Uh, on Cleary saying, you know, he said if we stepped out of line, he he wouldn't be he wouldn't be found right, letting you know either, right? yes. but, but he yeah. said he was very fair. Yeah. So we wish uh, Callum the, the best of luck in his retirement. And I say he, he won't be lost from it because he he'd probably be still guiding Cracklow Foot Brothers. Yeah. It's hard to imagine that. At 10 years. I mean, even, with, you know, it's 10 years since we won the Earl and all that. Yeah. In 2013, it was when he was appointed. Right, like, yeah, 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 those yeah. years go? Yeah. I know. 10 years. Yes, like it's, it's, it really goes by very quickly. Yeah. Mm. Do you, okay. before, before we <coughs> get to half time, just uh, page six in the champion is well worth a look for anyone that uh, wants to get updates on the pyrite. Fiona has uh, three very... Uh, I'd say very detailed articles in relation to it, and there's not much good news in it, I'm afraid. So, but it's well, well, well worth to read yeah. uh, for down below. And Dan Dan her uh, writing as well. Uh, it would say on page seven in relation to um, uh, the hospital. You know, I know these are topics we've covered on numerous bases, so we're not giving them too much attention tonight. But there, there's one, there's one uh, interesting one where Martin Conway has renewed his call for the relocation of Shannon Dock to UHL. Now I said Shannon Dock is bad enough as it is. <laughs> putting it into UHL, I don't think is going to be the solution to it. Yes, I, I don't think so. No, and I lo- looking at the headline there on page seven. Reconfiguration, an absolute disaster. Yeah. That's a quote um, from yeah. someone, and yeah. I think a lot of people would agree with that. That's Martin Conway as well, who says patients' health has, health has been adversely impi- impacted by the disastrous decision to remove 24-hour casualty cover from Ennis and Nina. Yeah, and I see Shannon Garda Station has been hit by pyrite. So, anyway, Pat, we'll, we'll, we'll put an end to the first half there. We played a bit of uh, extra time, so... Um, what yeah. are we going to uh, dance around the studio <laughs> to during the break? Well, Barry, Barry Menlo, he was 80 during the week, so we'll have Coco Cabana. Oh, excellent. <laughs> Carol is Carol she can't wait. <laughs> she can't wait. <laughs> oh, I'm a big Barry fan. <laughs> okay, Barry Menlo. <laughs> Welcome back to local media this week on Scariff Bay Community Radio. That was Barry Manilow there, Pat's Choice with Copa Cabana. Could I just butt in there, um, uh, Jim, to a far, far away distance from the Coca Cabana to uh, Spencer Hill? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> uh, and we're, we were reliving uh, Pat, Pat's journey to Spencer Hill last year, we'll say, before the programme. So, uh, yeah. an interesting time of year. An we had great fun, Pat, in Spencer Hill last year. Oh, yeah, it's marvellous. And it's on. Yeah, just on on Friday, so yeah. we and they're expecting to be crowded. They're expecting to be crowded again, so yeah, 
I think the weather in uh, must be so great, but sure. Yeah, but look, it was they, they won't make any difference. So. No, for for most of them anyway. They no. still buy and sell horses and everything else as mm. well. And talk about buying and selling, Jim, just before we get on to East Clare. Uh, page four, the champion United Mark 25 Happy Shannon Years. Uh, Shannon Airport and United Airlines were celebrating earlier during the week the 25th anniversary of the service between Shannon and New York. Or New Newark, I should say. And and in a, in a way, it was sort of good because there was an Aer Lingus uh, plane had an issue on Saturday, I think, or Sunday, and uh, on the New York to... Uh, uh, Shannon yeah. flight, and uh, I think they were kept uh, three nights extra over, uh, you oh, know, because yeah. all the flights were full. No, yes. one could, no one could get back, yeah, and which, which is a great thing. To yeah, see. it is, and uh, we said another bit of good news for Shannon there that came out on Thursday. I'm sure too late for the papers this week, but uh, but it's on uh, the it's on the Clare Echo, the premium yeah, section uh, yeah, of the Clare it's Echo on, online. online. Yeah, basically, with the, um, there'll be two uh, flights a week uh, f to. Charles uh, de Gaulle, Charles de Gaulle, yeah, pardon my pronunciation, yeah. which is a hub, and that's what we we want for mm -hmm. Shannon. That mean you know you can go to there and go literally wherever you want from there. So I know that the uh, Aer Lingus, I'd say rather cheekily, sort of are putting it on for when the Rugby World Cup is on. They're putting it on for a period of time, then it's taking a break, and hopefully, I think from March to September or to October next year, and hopefully it'll become a full time thing. Yeah, and there—I mean, there have been uh, the the Spanish airline Vueling had a, a service to Orly there recently, but for some reason confined to Orly, they had to cancel it. And yep. Of course, thirty nine ninety nine, the the price of the Aer Lingus one. Yeah, yeah. That's in my phone. Yeah, thirty nine ninety nine to fly over. Yes. Terms, of, yeah. terms of conditions apply, Pat. Yeah, I presume. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, we won't knock it. We won't yeah. knock it. No. no, great to see, and uh, it'll open up a whole new area for both French people and for uh, Irish mm -hmm. people. Lovely. Uh, I'll be travelling with United myself in August over to Chicago. Oh, good. So we'll be supporting them, <laughs> and good. from there on to. From there on to Toronto, Jim. I know. Well, it's, it's, I mean, anyone who's flown through Shannon will know the, uh, what, uh, the comparison between flying through Dublin, yeah. you know, or mm. flying through any big airport. You, you sail through, and it's a pleasure to go through Shannon. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. Now, looking at uh, the, the East Clare page, I suppose we see, <coughs> uh, Carl, a very young Garda um, on. It's, I think it's page 13 of the Clare Champion. And uh, uh, there's there's a number of more experienced Garda sitting around, but uh, a young man with a big smiley head in him and a head of curls as well yes. and, uh, and a Vizzy jacket, and he's with uh, five Gardaí. Yeah, and of course it's a lovely story because it's, you know, it's honouring um, this little boy whose name is Shay Collins who was six and uh, he got the guard a little blue hero after beating all the survival odds to grow up and attend a local national school. And I think he goes to school in Bogor, is it? And in the picture, we have a local, a local man. We have guarded John Bogler of, uh, of Mount, Mount Shannon. Shannon. Yes. And um, so that's nice. We, we're, we're being well represented there. 
And Shay has been, dis the, the young boy has been described as an inspirational. Um, he just uh, had so many challenges, I think, in his early life. And to be, it, this is the acknowledgement that, that the gods do, I believe, to, um, to recognise where children have had huge challenges. And I think, you know, he was described as a miracle baby. He weighed um, some four pounds when he was born and he battled and defied all the odds to survive. And um, so it's, I'm sure it was a very special day for their family. Uh, he got the Little Blue Hero Award from the Guardian. I think he was allowed to conduct a Garda checkpoint, um, which would have been fun if you'd come along yes. and seen shame <laughs> managing that. Um, so it's, it's a real feel-good story. Um, and... Um, well done to to that little boy and to the gods for acknowledging that. Yeah, it's little boys and uniforms seem to go together well. Yeah, I know. Recently, my own grandson, he flew through Shannon. They they went to Malaga for a week, and he arrived in Shannon Airport, and there was about four or five hundred U.S. soldiers in Shannon, and suddenly he found himself in the middle of this uh, <laughs> army. And he was delighted with himself, <laughs> you know. So that's, that's the way it goes. Yeah. Uh, flooding. Uh, again on page 13 of the Care Champion. Residents living in fear of flash flooding disaster. And I know some of the, the heavy rain we have had in the last week, um, heavy showers really more than if you're driving, you'd nearly have to stop. And a lot of water falls in a very, very short time. And, of course, this water doesn't get a chance to run away. Uh, it runs along the surface and goes into channels, and the end result could be flooding. Um, global warming, Jim? I suppose it is global warming. Though. Or it's something, anyway. <coughs> and it, it's um, Dan has the article there at the bottom of page 13 on the champion, and uh, while it sort of refers mainly to um, uh, an O'Brien bridge mother and her neighbours uh, are living, we'll say, in fear. The flooding, we'll say, is in housing in on the Tipperary side of the border. But as I said, anywhere where there's a hill, and if you're at the bottom of the hill, and uh, as man says, water, you know, it, what goes up comes down. And uh, with the amounts of water that fell, you know, that fell, and especially last week, uh, people would have been aware here at Wednesday and Thursday, the amount of rain that fell in very short periods of time. And in other parts of the county, they had nothing. And then on, uh, I was in North Clare on Monday uh, visiting, and I was told that a Saturday they had awful deluges up there and the day before that there was a house bo uh, hit by lightning mm -hmm. you know so yeah. and of course this runoff for the water is causing huge problems I mean <laughs> in other parts of the of the paper you can see where the beaches are closed in, in um, White Whiskey. Strand yeah. and um, Milton and Spanish yeah, Point yeah. because of the amount of bacteria that's coming from mm -hmm. this runoff water oh, so yes. it's it, you know it's it's, play, it's playing havoc on a lot of aspects of in, for residents in Clare yes so, anyway, hopefully, you know, we get reasonable weather uh, for the rest of the summer. Some rain, but some... Uh, yeah, but when you're getting houses, no no different than the pyrite in a different way, uh, maybe. You know, houses that get damaged by smoke or flooding, you know, a lot of the time, never the same again no. after it, you and know. Of course, there are insurance issues yeah, and various absolutely, other things. Yeah. You imagine... The, the river is low there in 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 in, in that they would, or in Bellinay side and it shouldn't be a beach up to 
to, to put in a few gullies and get the water, any water, the sun stuff off, off the hills down into well, as, as Luke would say, that requires planning. <laughs> yeah, I suppose he's right. Yeah. <laughs> Carol, we, while we're in Killaloo, you were talking about um, boats and the security of boats. Yes, and um, I, uh, on our own uh, Saturday Chronicle last week, we heard um, I got a, um, um, Sergeant O'Keefe, Sergeant O'Keefe talking about um, the security around around boats. And on page eight of the news of the Clare Champion, two boats I think were uh, were um, I was going to say beaten up. That's not quite the word. Ransacked or vandalised. And um, um, uh, yeah, sorry, so. I can't find page eight. Okay. Um, and so, you know, I, I did hear on the radio the other day where, where this is a, this is an issue. And I know because I live near the dock in Scariff that sometimes boats down there have also been broken into. Yeah, and, w- and, and one of the things that was said about it last week, which does make sense, is, is the guard said, you know, you really do need to uh, secure your boat in the way you would be securing your house. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people are leaving you know, mm. it's it's very unfortunate that that would happen, but leaving um, things on on display, you know, that yeah, yeah, yeah. that mm. might be attractive to um, people to break into. So, um, for anybody who's got a boat, uh, it's it's awful that anything like that would 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 happen around here, and uh, we hope that um, people will will secure their boats yeah, in the future. Why people go in there? The, 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 you, people aren't going to live and have a lot of stuff there. And you imagine going in there, like the place, they just throw everything around and and, yeah. and do damage. When, I mean, this said, you know, this is about this one boat. It said they moved my three kids' fishing rods out of the toilet. They're not worth anything, mm-hmm. uh, you know. As would, you know, just throwing things around like that—that's that. yeah, yeah, just yeah. pure yeah. vandalism, yeah. isn't vandalism, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I suppose we'll stay in Killaloo again. Uh, a community garden and cafe. That's in the Echo, I think. Uh, it was referred to yeah. in the, uh, referred to in the Champion last week. Uh, also, Jim, and I don't quite have the page on the Echo there, Carolyn. Yeah, so you, you might yeah. you might have so it. So the Killaloo Ballina, the Family Resource Centre, based in in um, the Malua Centre in Killaloo, uh, have been in existence since two thousand and three, and there are plans. Of course, it's it's very. It, it's a very significant building because it's the uh, it once was the RIC barracks and it has a, a bit of a sinister history but now it's a much better uh, functioning resource centre and there's going to be a, a, a cafe which had been there before is going to be uh, opened and um, there's going to be it's going to be a kind of a I think a place for young people to hang out maybe as well you know um, uh, delivering programs so there'll be stuff to do with drugs and alcohol and um i think, I think the great term for carol would be a multifunctional space well there you go there you go thank you, know, you for that Jeff. and that the cafe is, is is part of it yeah yeah and it, it's very central you know in killaloo there as well is that anyone up you know just will say opposite the church literally is is where it is you know and there's a bit of car parking around and it's an extensive enough building jim uh, you, you and i have both been in it we there recently when it was yes. been done up and i i just know i was down there maybe within the last few weeks and, and i just noticed that there's a wheelchair accessibility into the building now as well because um 
you you know some people could have said because you know the, there's high steps up to get into it, but there now is a, a dedicated wheelchair uh, space from the ground, so there's yeah. no issues with uh, access in no, relation they, to it they, now. They cover so many different. There's so many different groups use that facility there yeah. in Kildare. And there's, there's a potential for um, a men's shed, a women's shed. Um, plans for that but also you know there are residents um, who are within the Brothers of Charity service and living in the area and they are also being involved with um, you know um, there's a training kitchen there which is at a, a you know especially designed for community uh, programs about healthy eating and um, so you can see this is there's a very exciting development to that it will be, and I suppose a lot of these things were very much shut down because of COVID. That's so right, it's yeah. kind of really getting back into uh, getting back into it again, into gear again. And I suppose, and we're staying in Killaloo. Uh, works are being carried out. It says there on page thirteen again, uh, close what to the, what they describe as the lakeside village's most popular tourism amenities, and that's the. Um, yeah, I, I, I think um, this would be a, a little bit like it, it, it sort of happened Jim it's a little bit like uh, when the mayor was on about uh, you know trying to get the green bridge painted it's finally been painted yes you know last weekend and uh, the, the it's basically opposite ba- Bally Valley you know they're private as you're coming out Killaloo they're private houses as you go into the left yes. and you'd have would say access down to Brian Brew's um, uh, fort fort on the right it's just there and it's, I, I think it's it's basically public public safety is what is what it's, it's a about. dangerous place yeah to it can be yeah. you really can't pull in around there yeah and i mean for such an amazing um resource uh, not resource yes. but um yeah for such a monument historic i mean historic national importance yeah so that's anyway in and uh, tony's um term will be coming to an end soon i would imagine tony's term is over in a few weeks i'd say within the week jim and uh uh, and then uh, the the, the callahan's mills slash but man is uh taking over (laughs) (laughs) so joe Joe cooney will be the mayor for the following year so good good to see it being kept in the municipal district as the man says you know so now are you going to address the elephant in the room jim well, there's a, a certain radio station in uh, in East Clare, a very popular station, I believe. I, 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 I think the station manager is very popular because yeah. his photograph is in both the Echo and the Clare yeah, Champion. Yeah, and, and John Ace and, and, and um, um, Paul is there and Owen, very attentive looking at the, at the election count. Was that in the opening in assignment, Jim? No, no was that, that was the West County. Was that the West, West County? County. Yeah. Please God, we'll be back there next year. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Fiona has a full story there on the East Clare page, and then you have uh, Paul has it on the on the um, page sixteen of the Echo. Uh, uh, um, and I suppose it's really an account of the AGM in some ways. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know. Um, and Jim, I see uh, Parik has you moved to Mount Shannon. Mount Shannon. Man. Yes, that's right. I have to talk to Parik. <laughs> I suppose I spent so much time in Mount Shannon that. Uh, that's understandable but I suppose it's uh, you know in, in, it's good for the radio it's good to see the radio going well yeah. even if it's ourselves and we're 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 talking about our own business here but it's it's good to see the radio going well and developing and hopefully will continue to develop and, and I see uh, in the years ahead yeah I see Fiona has given me a job with the Clare Champion oh really <laughs> yeah one of the favourites among the Clare places local media this week 
that adopted David Fleming, Pat O'Brien of the, of the Champions, John S. Kelly and Jim Collins, to take the local pathos. Yeah. Well, well, I think in, fa I think, I think in fairness, Pat, uh, you know, you, 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 are, you are the Mills correspondent, so I think, you, you know, you're... you're, you're it's, yeah. it's justified. Yes, well, well justified. So. Anyway, so we look forward to um, many more um, years, hopefully, of uh, Scariff Bay Community Radio. And as always, we would love to hear from people who would like to go on the radio or who would like to help out on the radio. It's uh, it's great fun. We get great. It really, we get great crack out of it. I think you know all of us involved, and uh, we'd love to share it around. And if anyone thinks that they would like to help out, to do a program, to do anything, we would be delighted to hear from them. I think your point at the meeting the other night as well, Jim, was that there are jobs, you know, not everybody wants to present, mm. and not everybody wants to actually be live on radio or recorded on radio. But that there's yes. there's other ways of volunteering within. Scarf there are Bay. a load of things that people can do off mic, um, which would be hugely beneficial to the radio. So we would, again, invite people to come on because we're not a a closed shop. We're we're owned by the community and we're a community radio open to everyone in the community. And as much as I congratulate John Ace for being returned to the board. Oh yes. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Hopefully, he's he'll be back here next week. Next week. Yes, and if he returns to this board, that means I'm uh, off the bench. And then, Carol, you're first sub. No, I said, no, I, no, I, no, no. And I'll be back to my favourite position of left outside. <laughs> no, I've forgotten how hard it is. Yeah. <laughs> you look worn out, Carol. Uh, Pat, you were talking there a while ago about. Uh, uh, an ad in the paper this week in the in the Clare Echo uh, from to do with Ennis. Now we we're not going to go into it in detail, but maybe do you want to draw attention? It's on page seven of the Clare Echo. Yeah, it's on page seven there, Jim, of the of the Echo. Um, it's uh, save Ennis Town, safeguarding the past and present and future of Ennis Town for all. Ennis uh, two twenty Ennis twenty forty is happening now. Proposes developments in Ennis Car Parks. So there's a group who, who who want to have a bit more, I suppose, input into what is happening in the town, and um, uh, they're they're um, I suppose they're looking for support really. Um, and, you know, they 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 want a bit more, I suppose, uh, a bit more accountability really with this with this 2040 uh, plan that they they have, have um, initiated at the council level. Uh, not to build on the, on the care parks and you know, so I suppose that's like a, we'd all support that really yes and, and to, to re revitalize vacant and derelict buildings and sites first to, to retain and develop Francis Street site for mixed housing and to listen to listen to the public and businesses we are we are all for progress but let us move forward together and uh, does it have um, a scanning uh, uh, QR code if you yes. want to want to support it okay so anyway. the, the group involved is um, Grode Mannion is the chairman, um, Adele Cassidy, John Duggan, Joan Duggan, Councillor Johnny Flynn, Bridget Guinnessy from the Green Party, uh, Kira Hennessy, Theresa McRae, Councillor Tom O'Callaghan, Michael O'Connell, John O'Connell, Fergal O'Dooling and Emma Ryan. So I suppose they, 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 and there's a, a website there as well. So, and. Um, 
if people want to... to I think it, it's one of the best signs of democracy in action, Pat, yeah, because... I was just thinking. It's, like, it's been a topic that you have covered probably for the last number of months and it started off with a very small thing and then it started to grow yeah, yeah. and people were sort of uh, saying what what's this all about nobody knows anything about this there's uh, very little um you know very little debate being had about it and then you get a public meeting with over 250 people at it and sort of people that are i'd say serious people that have you know serious knowledge serious um uh, business skills, serious sort of negotiating skills, and sort of looking at it and going, "Let this doesn't all make sense." And that's a great sign, I would I would say, of democracy in action. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And 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 I think to close, you want to talk about the other great uh, sign of democracy in action, Jim. And there's a a few tips you're going to uh, mm. talk about there. Well, I, yeah, I think uh, Carl. I was going to ask you: Is your home, Carl, a calm space that you enjoy spending time in? It is when when there's nobody else there <laughs> but myself. But what I think, though, is I, you know, and being being the only woman, token woman here, of course, it's only appropriate that I should discuss token? six. Pro tips to transform your home into a calm space you'll enjoy spending time in. From the Claire Echo Lifestyle, um, page 21. And I'm delighted. I mean, I remember Terry and I doing something one time about uh, 101 ways with, with, uh, with bread soda, with baking soda, 101, <laughs> what you can do with a lemon. And those, those kind of lists, I read them and I instantly forget them, you know. But anyway, basically, it's all about decluttering. And, um, you know, that's, it reminds me of that Maria Kondo, you know, who's got this thing. Which she, she says, you have to feel something. She's an expert on tidying. And she says, you have to hold something in your hand and you have to feel, does it spark joy? And most people say that if they lifted up their husband or one of their family members, they would get, if it doesn't spark joy, you get rid of it. You oh. see? <laughs> so that's how you decide. But this is the three box method to declutter. You've got to have three boxes. One saying, put away, give away, throw away. I probably would have lost the will to live. And one for the husband. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and maybe. And uh, But I do like the tip, avoid open shelving in kitchens, which I completely agree with, because they can see your clutter and rubbish. So put doors on everything. And uh, But, you know, it's, it's a good idea to declutter. It's a good idea to recycle clothes, I think, particularly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. We've been talking about that mm -hmm. earlier, off, off air. It's, it's a good idea if you're not, yeah. you know, move them onto charity shops mm -hmm. or, or, or yeah. places where, where they might be needed. And uh, yeah. Okay, I think we've come to the end of our, our time. We've probably gone over time again. Uh, many thanks to uh, everyone today. Thanks to Luke. Thanks, Jim. Getting off the bench. Carol, great to have you back here again. Great, great to have you here, Carol. <laughs> yes, we yes. Oh, you would say that, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely. No, I said more women are needed and required on this show. And, and, and Pat, who's to blame for us all being here? Uh, thank you, Pat. <laughs> thank you. Um, Pat, what are we going to go out on? We have Katrina and the waves. Uh, and, and as far as we have a lot of sunshine for the last month or six yeah. weeks, so we'll be walking on sunshine. Out of, the, out of the program. Great. So, walking on sunshine. Hopefully, we get more of it. Many thanks for joining <laughs> us. We'll see you again next Sunday uh, from us here on local media this week. Goodbye and God bless.